What's up, man? How you doing, bro? Good to see you, my main man. <clears throat> All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Are you really? <laughs> You're like, uh, how y'all doing this morning? Woo! Hey, where's all the counselors at? Can y'all stand up real quick? All the counselors stand up? Man, y'all give them a hand. Hey, woo! A little southern hallelujah there now. Good job, y'all. Good job. Awesome. All right, y'all ready to roll this morning? Okay, all right, good to see y'all. All right, if you got your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Thanks, appreciate you laughing at that. I really do. It means a lot to me. First Corinthians chapter 15, and while you're, while you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a little story. So I told you all from Mississippi originally, and uh, when my oldest daughter was about, I don't know, maybe six or so, I don't, I don't remember, we were driving, we did a church plant downtown called City Church, and uh, we were driving to get a baptistry, you know, like when you come to Christ, you want to obey Jesus and get baptized, get dunked, and, uh, and we were going to get a baptistry for uh, the church, and she's in the back seat, and uh, and it's kind of wet outside, kind of drizzling a little bit. So I'm driving the tundra, you know, driving down the road. And all of a sudden, I see what looked like uh, a turkey from about me to the back of those tables back there. Like a turkey on the distance, you know, a little ways away, going back and forth. It's doing this right here. It's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on one side of the road. It's just doing this right here, right? And I said, well, prepare for impact. And so we hit that turkey. It hits the front of my truck, hits the windshield of my truck. And I look in the back of my mirror and goes, kadunk, in the back of the truck. And it doesn't move. And I look back and I say, Emma, I said, there is a dead turkey in the back of the truck. And like I said, she's found five or six at a time. She goes, cool, can we eat it? I said, girl, we can eat it. It's, look, it's Christmas in July, Thanksgiving in July. We can get that thing. So we get to where we're going, and, uh, and I get out and I'm about for me to you now. Like, so I look at it, I look at it, and I go, that ain't no turkey. I said, Emma, there is a dead goose in the back of the truck, you know, last night. <laughs> and she goes, can we eat it? I said, oh, absolutely. You can have bacon from Canada any day of the week. Then I get up real close, like this right here to my main man right here. This dude's a stud, stud. When I grew up, I'm going to be like you with red hair and a beard, okay? I'm just being, I wrote a song for you, you want to hear it? Did you ever know that you're my hero? Ooh. You're everything I wish. Oh. Anyway, something like that. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Work with me. I'm working here. Anyway, so I get up next to this bird. I thought it was a turkey and a goose, and I start moving stuff around. I start looking at it up close, and the, like the markings on the bird showed me what it was. And I backed up, and I went, Emma, I said, that ain't no turkey. I said, that ain't no goose. I said, there is a dead peacock in the back of the truck. <laughs> True story. True story. And she goes, can we eat it? I went, Siri, can we eat it? Yes, Big Pappy, you can eat it. So, yeah, well, you can eat it. You can eat peacock, by the way. Anyway, but the point of the story is this. From a distance, those markings, I thought that was a turkey. Got up a little closer, thought it was a right? And the closer you lose to Jesus, he believed it, right? He understood it. He got it, right? And the closer you looked at his life, the markings would show you exactly what he believed, exactly what the gospel's like because he got it from Jesus, and in today's culture and world, we are so confused because there are so many different types of gospels right out there. We, I'm, I'm afraid we don't even know what we believe anymore sometimes. So we're going to get real simple. We're going to dial it back for any athletes in the room. We're getting back to the basics, right? This morning, I want a little crowd participation too. But I want to look at the, the markings, if I can say it that way, the markings of the gospel. We want to get up close to it, which means at any point in time, if you want to ask a question or talk about something, we can do that. It's kind of different. It's morning session. We can do that. We're going to pick up some stuff in the gospel and go, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because if we don't understand it, it's going to be really hard to believe and grow in it. Okay? Everybody got it? Here we go. Y'all ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to look at Paul, what he says about the gospel. Here we go. Starting 
at verse 3. Now, if you don't have your Bible, there's no shame in that game, but I hope you'll bring it. If you got your Bible, put, put your finger right there where you mark it. you got your Bible, hold it up in the air. This is what I call the laborer's movement, and we'll talk about that a little more later. This is the Word of God. I submit to it, and I stand up under it. This is what I'm all about, okay? This is what we hold true. This is what the truth is, and we're going to do what it's, listen to it, understand, and do what it says. All right, here we go. You ready? Thank you. It's called the laborer's movement. It's a new thing. Here we go. Verse 3. Actually, it's not a new thing. It's an old thing coming back. But anyway, so, for I delivered to you as of what importance? Third importance. This is the third most important thing in Paul's life. That's what the Greek says right there. The original language says third most important. Y'all agree with that? No, no, seriously. I look, look at me. Time out, time out. Y'all, I've got, a, I've got a Bible college degree. I've got a seminary degree, and all those are really good. I hope some of y'all will do that, but you don't have to, but I hope you do. I got that. That says third importance to Paul. Y'all understand what I'm telling you? Hey, you understand what I'm telling you? That says third most important thing to Paul. You got me? What are y'all doing? Just because somebody has letters in front of their name and a degree behind their name does not mean they understand what the Bible says. Just because I put pressure on you and, and try to intimidate you, which is Satan's tactic, does not mean you've got to agree with it. It is time. It is time to stand up and stand on the Word of God and quit being ashamed of the Word of God. If they are upset at me because of what I say and they don't, somebody doesn't like it, I love you. But truth and love go together. Love does not mean that I agree with you. Love means that I'm going to tell you what God says. You've got to deal with God, not me. When I read something in the Bible I do not like, and I'm going to put this out there, a little side note. I'm sorry, y'all. I understand it now better. I don't like the idea of hell. I'm going to throw that out there. A lot of people are trying to take that out of the Bible. <laughs> don't work. I don't like that idea. But guess what? I know the character and nature of God, so I'm learning to understand of how God will take sin and evil and put it in one place forever and ever where it never gets out. You don't want to lock your doors at night, then you, want, you like hell. Because hell is where God will punish and put evil in its right place and do the right thing forever and ever and ever. I get it now better than I did. Still don't have to like it, but I'm okay to wrestle with it. We got to wrestle with the truths of God's word, right? And who cares what somebody says about it? Personally, we got to wrestle with this thing, and together we got to do it. And just because I say, no, it says third, I need you at times to stand up and go, uh-uh, it's not what it says. It says it right here. Come on. The most. What does it say? The most are, give me another word it says there, some of your translations. First. First importance. Let me tell you about first importance. My bride, we've been married 20 years. 20 years years. What? I'm going to have her come up here in a second. She doesn't know that, but whatever. 20 years. Okay. Let me tell you, she's my, she's my number one second love is what she'll say about me because Christ is our number one. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you can dip and it's not good. But anyway, so, hey, help me stay focused. What am I doing? Seriously, help me stay focused. You got a great smile, by the way. You keep giving your whole life like you are to Jesus and your smile, he'll bring people to Christ just through a smile because it open, people open doors it's like that. I want to know what you got to say. Anyway, so here we go. Y'all ready? Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. My bad. Britton, help me, bro. Time out. Here we go. First important is I'm driving down the road with my wife one day. We're, we're, uh, we're maybe newly married or dating. She goes, y'all ever seen Nacho Libre? That movie about legit real-life Mexican culture. But anyway, so, but it's uh, based on a true story. So it's, uh, we're singing. You know when he goes, Encarnacion, Encarnacion. So anyway, I made a song called Natalia, okay? That's Natalia. And I go, and I, I sing it. Oh, Natalia, Natalia. That kind of thing. Well, she's driving down the road one day. I mean, I love her. She's like, in my mind, from a human perspective, she's first. She's first important to me. I don't really care what anybody thinks about that, right? She's first important to me. I thought she said to me, hey, Paul, sing to me in Italian. I thought, 
Okay. So I went, She looks at me and she goes, what the crap are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm singing to you in Italian. She goes, I said, no, sing to me in Italian. I said, oh, okay, that's a little bit different. Now, why am I telling you that? Because she's my first love. She's the first thing that's important to me, humanly speaking, in that car, right? And I don't care. I'll do whatever. If she wants me to stand on my head and, and, and like, you know, whatever, I'll do it. Because she's first important to me. What she says is number one to me. So if she says something to me and you say something to me, which one carries more weight? What she says. Because she's first in that realm. Paul's going, here's what's first important. Here's the main thing in my life. And I've got the scars to prove it. Here's the main thing. You ready? Here it goes. Oh, y'all, I'm so excited about this. I can't wait. You ready? If you're ready, go, oh, I'm ready. I didn't hear you on the back back there. See, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know why I'm doing this right now? Because some of y'all think this is foolish. But I hope that you become even more foolish and undignified than this for Christ. Because there's going to be people that think you look like an idiot and you're too simple. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is the most simple thing you will ever believe. You will ever know is this right here. We're going to talk about like, I know that. But Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. This means that we are going to be tempted to be ashamed of what we're talking about and shrink back and think it's too simple. But it's the power of God for us. Okay, here we go. You ready? Verse 3, for I delivered you as of first important, main thing, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. The Bible told you it was going to happen. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, just like the Bible said in accordance with Scripture. And then he appeared to Cephas, to Peter, and the Twelve, then to more than 500 people at one time. That's pretty cool. Uh, and they're still alive. Some of them are dead. And then he appeared to James and the apostles. Last of all, as to me, one untimely born, he appeared to me. Okay? Now, here's the thing. First thing in the gospel, if you're taking notes or if you're, you're just memorizing it. First thing in the gospel, here's the good news of Jesus. Here's the good news. You ready? First thing is this. I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little motion here too. Ready? It's called Jesus size. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's the real cross fit. Amen? Anyway, so Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Okay? Now, you think, well, duh. I mean, we haven't heard that all our lives. Most of us, right? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Now, here we go. You ready? Crowd participation. Define for me, and don't worry about being wrong. Don't worry about that stuff, right? Take a, take a chance. Go back to Scripture, whatever. Define for me, biblically, sin. What is sin, if I'm going to ask you that? If you don't know, it's okay. Don't feel bad about that. We're learning together. What is sin? Let's just start giving some, some answers here. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What you got? All right, good. Anything that goes against the will of God. Give me something else. All right, good. Now, here's what I want you to do. When we say it, I want us to break it down in your terminology. So when you say willful transgression, give me something that, that's an everyday language. Okay, so like you're, you know what God wants you to do, but you decide to not do that. Don't hear that. Don't you just love breaking down? You know what God wants you to do? Here's what he said, but you do your own thing. <laughs> that's a good one. Everybody ever done that before? Two, three. Anyway, all right. Good. Give me something else. Give me something else. Define sin for me. What is sin? Yes, ma'am. All right, good. Sin would be something that would separate the relationship that you have with God. That's good. All right, give me something else. If you could summarize sin in your own words biblically, what would you say? Isn't this fun? You're like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Anyway, give me something else. Come on. I'm okay to wait up here for a second. Summarize sin. Okay, good. It could be a bondage to tie down. Give me something else. How about this? You ready? Anybody else got something real quick? How about this? Here's what sin is real quick. All these are right. All these are good. Here's what sin is. You ready? I'm going to boil it down to one thing, to one kind of thing together. You ready? Pride and unbelief. 
Here's what sin is. You ready? We do not believe what God says. We think we know better. That's sin. When God says don't lie, we lie. We think, ah, it'll be all right. When God says honor your parents, honor your father and mother and the Lord, this is right, we think, ah, I don't have to do that. Did God really say that? Pridefully think, we think deep down, I hate to say this this way, we think we're God. We think our ways are better. We, we think what we think about and feel about in the moment is, is better than what God thinks about it. That's sin. So sin isn't just missing the mark, right? Why is it wrong to lie? Anybody want to tell me? Remember, this is not to put you on the spot to make you look foolish. This is just family participation, right? Why, why is lying an issue? Why is lying bad? Why is lying a sin? Oh, good. God tells us not to. That's number one. Give me another one. Why is lying bad? Yes, sir. Say that one more time. Oh, good. It's not the truth. Now, why is that important? Because what's God? God is the truth. And what are you made in? The image of God. You know what you're meant to be? You're meant to be a billboard and a pointer just going, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. The reason the world doesn't understand truth and know God is not the world's problem. It is the world's problem, but it's our fault. It's the, what's the problem with the world? You ready? You ready? According to G.K. Chesterton, here's what the problem with the world is. You ready? I am. Because I'm made in the image of God and I've chosen to lie as opposed to point to the one who is the truth. This world is really not about us, but sin says it's about me. You understand what I'm saying? And that's in all of us, right? You remember last night if you were here with fear? When did the wrong kind of fear, heart fears that cripple us and put the focus on us and not God, when did that happen? Anybody want to take a guess? For $500, where did that type of fear happen and why? $500. Monopoly money. It's good for the game though, bro. You know what I'm saying? You pass go a couple times, you're there. It happened in the garden, Genesis 3. You never had fear like we talked about last night. Not that we had fear, you had heart worship, but you never had fear until sin came into the world. When Adam and Eve says, uh, did God really say, and Satan goes, and they go, well, God said don't, but I will. <laughs> and they thought they knew it was best, and they went against what God had said. They no longer pointed to God, they pointed to themselves. And fear came in it because the more you and I focus on ourselves, you ready? And no offense, lots of culture today is telling us to do this, isn't it? The more you and I focus on ourselves, guess what happens? The more anxiety, the more depression, and the more fear happens and grips us. You ever thought And think just for a second, just for a second. If you really think, why am I so afraid? Like what Jesus asked us, why am I so afraid? Guaranteed, just about every time you'll realize, I'm focused on myself and I'm believing a lie. My eyes are off what God's really like and it's on what I think I am and I'm supposed to be. Just about every time. Sin drives and fuels fear every single time. But here's the crazy thing. Jesus died on the cross for our sin. So here's kind of what sin is. Now, come up here for just a second, really. Will you, sweetheart? Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyway, all right. This is my bride. This is Natalie. She grew up going to this camp. She's a stud at in the faith, okay? All right. So now, Natalie, gift from God, a very, very good thing, not to me, to you, to, to the whole world. This is a gift right here from God. So here's what sin would be. And y'all, I'm going to tell you. She can tell you. It ain't easy what I'm about to tell you. The hard reality is, is that God in his love looks at us and goes, God, you know you sinned, right? <laughs> like, 
you know, you know, you blew it. I mean, we, we just got to. So here's what sin is. Sin would be taking anything, right? Everything God made, God created the world, taking anything that's good, okay, anything. And when God says, "Hey, um, you need to love your wife as Christ loved the church," but she's not meant to take the place of God. Sin would be anything that I build my identity, my self-worth, deep down my salvation on other than God. That's sin. Anything. It can be a drug. It can be a, a sport. When God asked me to give up my baseball scholarship and he said, follow me, I want to be your main thing, number one, I'll drop the baseball scholarship. Right? Anything. When God says something, we listen. So anything I build my identity, my worth, my value, really my, my rightness with God on other than God, that's sin. So here's what it looks like. You ready? Oh, goodness. Here we go. She didn't know I was going to do this, by the way. <laughs> that's love. Okay. So here we go. You ready? So let's say I'm going to represent all my hopes, dreams, expectations, all, everything right here. She's going to represent something that's good, right, but now becomes the main thing as opposed to God. And it's really easy to do, y'all. It's really easy to do. When I think I need her to meet my needs and satisfy my needs holistically, that's sin opposed to God, as opposed to God, right? Okay, so here we go. This is what it looks like. I put all my weight, all my hopes, all my expectations on Natalie as opposed to Christ. Here, here's what happens. You ready? You ready? Time to bow up. Okay. Here we go. All right. How does that feel, sweetheart? Great. Great. Okay. Now, Natalie is like, a, you don't tell this. You don't talk about Bruno here, guys. I don't know how much she weighs, 100 pounds, but I'm 200 pounds. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm on up there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Natalie's given birth five to seven times. All right. So she's got it. But here's the thing, though. But see, here's what I, what I mean. I need Natalie to affirm me. I need Natalie to do all these things. Instead of going to God for the things that I need, I'm actually starting to go to her. Right? And you would think, duh, right? I mean, we can even use good things that become the, the main thing, and that's called sin. We can do that with drugs, sports, people. We can even do that with ourselves. I actually think when we, when we search the Internet for things, and do I need to say anything? I don't think I do. I actually think you're searching for God, but you're looking for things instead of God to satisfy you and give you what only God can give you. Natalie is not built in any way to hold all of my emotional, physical, and spiritual weight. What will happen? She's shaking right now. She's strong. She's shaking right now. Y'all see it? I don't know if you see it. She's shaking right now. But here's the thing. We're doing that every single day with the people and things around us. Y'all see her knees starting to wobble? Yeah. You know why? Watch this. God did not make her to be God. She cannot bear the weight for long. And neither can you or neither can your friends or neither the things that you and I go to. Thank you, sweetie. Oh, sorry, baby. Little workout. I got my ab workout in, though. I feel that. Anyway, so what, what am I saying? I'm not trying to be harsh here, right? Because this is a hard truth to wrestle with, right? We know, like, yeah, go to God. But what does that even look like? How does that? The first thing is that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. He died. He did what no one else could do. He did what you and I could not do. Here's what I want everybody to do, all right? Take a breath in. Don't hold it too long. I want you to breathe out, and this is what I want you to say. I'm not the Christ. Say it out loud. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Christ. Jesus is. Guys, the moment that we begin to understand that, then the other stuff, the food that we eat, is not like the main thing. Oh, I'm so hungry, I'm about to die. Really? God made us to eat food. He made us to drink water. He made us for relationship here on earth. He did all those things. But so much of sin is going, I need to go to that person, to that thing, to, to look at to that as opposed to God. That's sin. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, sin will always bring fear. Always. So the great thing about it is Jesus died on the cross for our what? Sin. Now, here's the question. Does anybody see a problem with the fact that Jesus died for sin? Does anybody see a problem that Jesus died? Anybody? Just out of curiosity. Because what does sin produce? According to the Bible, sin brings what? Death. Look, man, I tell something most of y'all don't know. Sin brings death. Here's my question. Why in the world did Jesus die? He's the sinless son of God. He never sinned. He never sinned. Never. Jesus is the only person, not Adam, Jesus is the only person who should have never died, according to the Bible. Never died. But yet, it's, the Bible says that Jesus died. So here's my question. Why did Jesus die? All right, start rest of God. Give me, give me something else. Why did Jesus die? All right, good. So here's the question. You go in the whole world, what, you going to say something too? All right, good. Now, look, we can say die for our sins, but that, that's true. But hold up, hold up, hold up. If he died for our sins, that means Jesus didn't have sin. That means that either God must have really made a mistake and Jesus had some sin in his life, but we'll look in a minute. I don't think that happened, right? Or, are you ready? Now, watch this now. Y'all watch this. Know this. Or, before God, he literally, really, all your sin. Name me a sin out loud that, uh, that's been in your life before. <laughs> I shouldn't do this. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. Now, we're going to talk about it tonight, but I'm just, this is fear. I, pride, unbelief, lust, sexual sin. Anybody else? You see what I'm saying? All your selfishness, all the times that you put weight on somebody or something else other than God, all the times that you and I, I thought that I didn't really need God, even though I like to keep him right here and act like I do, you fill in the blank, right? I can name a lot of stuff. We'll do that later on. But here's what I'm saying. All of that was on Christ, and it was my sin that killed Christ. Until you and I have literally seen that lie that I told my parents or that lie that I told somebody, that, that thing that I did, until I see that on the innocent Son of God, on Christ, I'm not so sure we really understand the gospel. That he died, the only reason he died was because he was taking my sin willingly. Because he was taking my sin willingly. It's the only reason that he was died. God made him who didn't know sin to be sin on our behalf. You see that? So now watch this. If you're in Christ, if you're not in Christ, you need to see your sin on him. If you're in Christ, this is going to sound crazy, I need you to begin to focus more on Christ than on your sin because he took your sin because he was buried. He took your sin way down underground, and he put a no digging sign in it. The only way, because he, he went to hell, the only way that you as a believer in Christ could find your sin is if you go to hell yourself. If you're in Christ, your sin holistically has been taken to the ground, has been taken to hell and dropped there, has been paid for. But yet so many believers right now, all, all we are living in is in the constant state of awareness of our own sin. Instead of seeing your sin on Christ. If I were to ask right now, where's your sin? You're probably going to right here. No, it's on Christ. And he took it to the ground. What would it look like if you lived completely forgiven? Completely forgiven. Completely forgiven. 
The whole world longs for what we hear all the time and has become common news. The world longs to hear. The Twin Tower people, the one that, that bombed in the Twin Towers, do you know that a certain religion, they, what the, reason that, the main primary reason they did that is literally because they think it will give them forgiveness in another life. People are longing for the news that is common to you and I, forgiveness. Christ died for sin one time for all people. One time for all people. He took it to the ground, right? Now, here's the question. How do you know that God accepted what God did on your behalf? How do you know that Jesus took your sin on the cross and God accepted? How do you know? Because he went to, he was buried. What happened to Jesus? Say it again. It ran. All right, so here's the question. Is Jesus dead or alive right now? He's alive. Now, what does that mean? That means, like, if you've ever been through Walmart or somewhere and they got them little beepers, like when you walk out and stuff, it goes, did, 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 did. if you didn't pay for something, you know what I'm talking about? And you, I typically go buy somebody else just in case it goes off, so I make them think it's them, but that's just me, though. Whatever. So, whatever. Not a great tactic. But anyway, but you don't have to worry about that if you know you've paid, if, the, if what you take out of there has been paid for, right? The, re, the way you and I know that right now in Christ, you are completely forgiven in Christ. It's not even about your sin anymore. It's about Christ, Christ, the one who took your sin, that you're completely covered before God, that you can stand before a holy God and you'd be like, hey, what's up? Hey, it's my, it's, my, it's my boy. That's my girl. I know that person. That's the focus. That's what Paul's focus was. It's a marking of his. The reason you know that you can stand before a holy God and your sin's not going to be brought back up is because God raised Christ from the dead. If Jesus isn't alive, then you and I are still in our sin, and we got lots to worry about. we got, we got, to be, we got to be concerned. But God raised Christ from the dead, and he's alive right now. Your sacrifice for sin and mine lives. Lives. That's why Paul's focus was Christ. you see that? When we talked about how today's culture is all about you, 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 me, 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 you, 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 me, 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 that's why we're living in such fear. That's why we're so focused on ourselves. The, the heart of the gospel is, you ready? Watch this. Alive, then your sacrifice lives. I'm going to give you one more story. You ready? So true story. There's a tribe uh, in Papua New Guinea, and uh, uh, Don Richardson and them, they, they, they went over there to reach them. And they were cannibals, right? It's frowned upon in most society. But they were cannibals, and, uh, and they, they went over there. They would befriend you to, to eat you. True story. No, no joke. And uh, some of y'all might have heard it. But uh, anyway, so they go over there. Long story short. They cannot get through to them. They try to tell you this stuff. It's like, ah, it's not working. You know, like Judas is the hero, you know, kind of stuff. Betray, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So finally there's this war that breaks out between the tribes. And they see this chief that they've been, they've been talking to. He runs, and, and people are dying, and he runs over here, gets it happens to be his only son, takes it to the other chief, the opposing chief's tribe, gives him this son, and then the war stops. He goes, what is that about? He goes, like, y'all are just fighting each other. You got your son, gave it to the other chief, and now the war stopped. He goes, yeah, that's called the peace child. He goes, what is that? He goes, well, when an opposing tribe gives their son, in this case his only son, his son to the other chief, as long as that child lives, there's peace between the tribes. And he went, ah, Jesus is the true peace child. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God has given us his only son. We just talked about that. And he's alive. As long as Jesus lives, 
you and I and the whole world can have peace with God through Christ. Your sacrifice for sin, your righteousness before God lives. You see it? You understand it? That's why the focus has to be on Christ and not ourselves. That's why the focus has to be on Jesus and nothing else. Right? That's why when you come before God and you give your life to Christ, you know it's hidden with God in Christ. That's why you don't have to live in fear before God because of who? Christ. Right? He's the main thing. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Any questions? Any thoughts? Monetary donations? Anything you give goes to feed hungry children. I have five. Not that funny. Any thoughts? Seriously, any, any questions off of that, what we just talked about? How many of y'all have heard that before? Heard, heard the gospel before? Raise your hand high. It's okay if you hadn't. How many of y'all have heard the gospel before? Good, good, good. How many of y'all have heard it more than three times? Good. How many of y'all have heard it every year? Good. That's great. That's great. Here's what Paul says. That's our power. That's our power. It's our power to live. And the Bible says to remind one another daily of the good news. Daily, Hebrews 3, of the good news. Okay? So here's my goal this morning, to give you the most simplest form, the good news of Jesus. And as you go to your small groups in a second, I want you to discuss it, what it means. I want you to try to break it down. I want you to wrestle with it. If you're having trouble with it, I want you to share it in your group. If you're having trouble believing it, and here's why, I want you to share it in your group. I want you to be as open and real as possible in your group when we break off in just a second, okay? Seriously, you got it? Because here's my thing. Jesus is real, right? Jesus did a lot. He loves you deeply. He wants to be with you. Paid a great price for it. He's here today. We need to wrestle with these truths. And I'm afraid that we're afraid this is too simple. And God provides the power and the presence if we'll just go after him. Okay? All right, let's pray a little bit. Lord, thank you for today. I pray that everyone in here, that your perfect love would drive and cast out fear. That you would, they would really believe, Lord, that you want them. You want them. You don't just tolerate them. You want them, Lord. And so help us to wrestle with you. I remember having wrestling matches with my dad. My kids, we have wrestling matches. That's where we get to know you, Lord. <laughs> That's fun. So, Lord, would you help us to have a little fun in our groups, Lord, to help us really get after it, Lord. And anybody, any of us that just doesn't want to talk or maybe, I'll be honest with you, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of I don't care right now or I'm tired right now. That's okay. Lord, would you help us? Would you help us? Would you stir it up in us? And may you guide our conversations, because I think you really love when we start talking about you. I really do. So, Lord, would you do what only you can do in Jesus' name? Amen.